Hello and welcome to the second of a two-part podcast series sponsored by Carpenters, in which we reflect on the early days of the official injury claims portal. For the second episode, myself and my guests will be reflecting on what might lie ahead in the future. And speaking of my guests, I'm delighted to welcome Martin Milliner, the LV Claims Director, and Donna Scully, Donna Scully, Carpenters Group Director. Hello, both of you. Hello, Jonathan and Martin. Hi, Jonathan. Hi, Donna. So, Martin, if I come to you, do you think more needs to be done to raise awareness of the OIC? And if so, what could be done to boost its visibility? And does the insurance sector have a role to play here? Yes, I mean, I think it does. Um, certainly at the moment, if you go on to search, I don't know, whiplash claim or something like that and try to Google that, um, you'll return some adverts or some searches will basically pop up on the front page with um, law firms or claims management companies or, or something offering you a, a way forward for representation for your claim. What it doesn't do when you uh, perhaps understandably uh, claim it's not going to be putting in official injury claims portal as a preferred search option, they will be putting something like whiplash claim and therefore they're not going to return that, that option uh, to, to select a, a self-service um, option through the through the awake. So uh, I think insurers or the industry, certainly uh, we need to look at how do we firstly stop uh, sort of gamification of search engines in the sense of <coughs> perhaps uh, less than professional um, uh, companies and firms perhaps being put at the top masquerading as insurers own claims departments or other other types of um, company that uh, are uh, spoofing essentially uh, our, our identity to, to lure innocent victims uh, but more of the point uh, you know how do we promote the uh, official injury claims portal as a way for for, for uh, injury claimants to access justice directly uh, in a similar way to a certain extent that uh, uh, people do for, for other forms of compensation uh, if you've got you know, delays or, or issues with cancellations of airlines or um, or have had PPI claims in the past there are abilities to self-service and um, despite the fact it's a 64 page user guide um, is a relatively straightforward process once you get into it um, to, to make a claim. Donna. Well we're tracking backwards now aren't we because we didn't do it <laughs> we didn't do any awareness campaign at all so it's kind of like what do we do now um i think it has been a shock for people i think um you know I, I think generally there's you know a lot of people are still represented so it's business as usual for them especially people with legal expense cover so they still have representation the only shock for them is that they're not going to get as much for their whiplash that that's been reduced um so you might say in that space, it's not so bad because, you know, if you've got representation, it, it, the, the difference between before and now isn't so bad other than your reduced or your statutory damages for whiplash. So, um, but I agree with Martin. The problem is if you don't say anything um, and people go looking themselves, they're not going to find the real thing because it's hidden probably on page 58 of Google um, before you've, you've got your, you know, all your other people there who are going to help you with your claim and your, you know, your claims management companies. And I think it does kind of we have a big problem in, in insurance and in, in the fraud space that we, we, we work in about, you know, the ad and the Google spoofing uh, and that that kind of this this kind of highlights it. It's another problem because when you Google, I mean, if I Google um, 
uh, uh, you know, whiplash claim. It'll come up like Aviva claims or AXA claims or, or LV claims. It's got nothing to do with LV or Aviva or, or AXA. It, these are companies just masquerading as them. Um, and I think we see them on the programme, haven't we, Martin, the fraud programme, you know, na named and shamed. And it's just outrageous, you know, vulnerable people thinking they're with a reputable insurance company and they're not. So so it, it, that's one of the reasons we needed to do it was to kind of protect people so they don't go on there and these people are sitting and waiting. Except on the other podcast, Martin did mention that we we're not seeing as many CMCs in this space as we anticipated, especially the bad ones. So maybe it's not. It's bad because we were assuming all of those bad CMCs will be sitting on Google waiting to grab these poor people off, the, or you know, the new portal and, and, and act for them and get as much money out of them as they could. So, um, but I think going forward, um, you know, I wondered about legal expense as well. You know, people who have legal expense post reform, it is kind of business as usual for them in terms of, of how their claims are run and getting help to do it and, and whatever. So, I did feel like there should have been some sort of education about legal expense because it's become so important um, and it makes such a difference if you face the new portal on your own or with somebody. And I disagree with Martin, you see, again, which we have done over the years from time to time, but it's not easy. It's 64 pages. And the reason we have very few people on it is because they can't do it. And the reason there's a big percentage of them on it is because they're being supported by insurance company in the third party capture space. So it isn't easy. So I really think, you know, those people who have representation and I mean good representation, I'm not talking about people who are trying to, you know, make money out of them or, you know, get them to exaggerate their claims or anything are better well off. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think this awareness thing is as big an issue as I thought it was going to be because of, you know, as I said, a few other issues, but I still think it's our job as an industry to protect people against the spamming and and, and the Google problem, um, and not for them and, and not to put them into the hands of these really bad people. So that's a very long-winded answer, isn't it, to say? <laughs> yeah, we should, no, do, we should do just, something. Absolutely. I mean, I totally agree. I mean, certainly at LV, we've been working really hard uh, um, educating and working with the FCA around these issues. Uh, obviously, working. Uh, with lobbying government as well, because obviously the online safety bill, which is currently sort of before Parliament, that theoretically could help um, with some of these issues that we're seeing. Uh, remains to be seen whether it goes far enough. Um, and also working with Google as well. And to be fair to Google, they have responded fairly positively to the the challenges we've put forward and and have improved uh, how they operate. So um, I think people are listening, but definitely more action needs to be done. Uh, in this space to protect innocent consumers um, and absolutely agree with Donna that the value of having legal expense insurance uh, before the event cover now is is, is paramount really. So uh, how we can educate people more around the benefits of that uh, product and get more people to, to buy it and take it up. Um, you know, that That is it the best way to, to keep yourself uh, safe uh, is to have that, uh, that cover there to, to help you when you need it. Uh, uh, Martin, I mean, in the first episode, we did we did talk about the early days uh, of the OIC, but what kind of volumes do you think we'll need to before we can actually start drawing perhaps more concrete and firm conclusions about direction uh, of the portal? Yeah, I think the next uh, set of data could be coming out um, before Christmas. So uh, I would imagine that will shine a, a, a probably a, a clearer light on uh, where we are. 
Um, there are some unresolved issues as we covered in the first episode really around the mixed injuries, how the non-tariff injuries are going to be dealt with. That, that can, I think, perhaps create a bit of a, a backlog of, of cases that we really do need to get resolved as quickly as possible through to the Court of Appeal. Um, so there may be a delay in, in full clarity around some of these uh, the, the more nuanced issues. But um, in terms of fraud and the, the interrelationship perhaps between this portal and the MOJ portal and some of the gaps probably that because don't forget when we looked at the Civil Liability Act there were two acts to that as well. There was a part one of that and a part two of that, just as there has been with this podcast and the Civil Liability Act only dealt with part one of the, the consultation. So that's left the door open for other abuses around what we call layering of claims. So things outside of the, the, the whiplash claims, uh, putting it simply. So you know, credit hire, for example, uh, we have seen some cases that have been initiated out of the old MOJ portal outside of the, the small claims track where the, 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 the credit hire has perhaps been allowed to uh, um, run and run and run uh, tactically um, together with damages pushing the, the entire claim outside of the, the, the limits. So um, those sorts of things we, we're starting to see creep in. So the kind of gamification or the tactics to circumvent um, the um, spirit of, of the reforms is certainly something that we, we're concerned about, albeit that that was very much a, a reality pre-reforms pre as well, that we were, we were dealing with those same sort of issues, but they're becoming far more transparent to see, um, given the, the, the kind of uh, environment we're now working in. So I would say probably another six months of data will be pretty much there. Um, so the end of Q1 next year, um, edging into Q2 of 2022, we, I think we will one year on be pretty certain about the success or failure uh, and some of the, the unresolved business still to, to, to uh, resolve. Donna? I, well, I agree with a lot of that. I mean, my good feeling was 12 months at least. Um, my second feeling is that, I mean, in terms of the first three months, we didn't see any drop in volume at Carpenters, but I know there was a drop in volume overall in the figures, but I think some of that was the tech problems, you know, and, and, and cases not getting um, able to get onto the, the new portal. So I'm thinking in the second three months, we'll see more people getting on, whether that's manual or A to A. So my gut feeling is that the second lot of volume will go up at least a third, if not more. So we'll see. So I, I think that volume is just kind of maybe stuck in the pipeline. As, as opposed to disappeared. Um, in terms of part two, oh, Martin doesn't agree with me there. Um, instead of part, in terms of part two, I, I've heard this week as well. I mean, I, I had no anticipation of it getting dealt with or coming back onto the agenda because of COVID and everything else and Brexit and everything. But um, but yeah, I heard this week that it's it's it could be resurrected. And I think there was questions around is would the consultation stand, which was been about 55 years ago. So I think it probably needs to be redone. But yeah, I mean, I'd love to see that. I, you know, I really, really, really lobbied for a package of reforms here. And I know Martin did. We both agreed on this. So I would love to see that. And I think, you know, we've done piecemeal reform this time now. And it is it isn't going to fit to fix all the bits. And there is going to be, you know, um, you know, that kind of you knock down one and, and, and the other bit comes up. So the, you're just squeezing uh, the balloon, aren't you, when it comes out other places. And as Martin said, 
you see some things reducing, but then you see other things increasing and then you're overall going, well, there's no saving. So I, I would like to see part two. Um, and I think, you know, as the tech issues get better, you know, more and more cases will get through. And, you know, I'm hoping by 12 months, please God, there be the tech issues will be no more other than your average stuff that you deal with. So, yeah, you know, I think it'd be really interesting at 12 months. And I think the other thing we mentioned on the other podcast is behaviour, wasn't we? we? Or didn't we? And it was, you know, it'd be really interesting at 12 months to look at behaviour when we've seen cases litigated and settled and medicals involved. You know, uh, what, what kind of bad behaviour are we seeing and who is it from? And how do we stop it? Um, so that would be really interesting. That's really that's the really good bit of this uh, this kit. I think is that our data we've never had this kind of data, such forensic data in this market before. So it would be really interesting to see see where that goes. Um, yeah, but yeah, we're all watching and waiting. And, and obviously the test the test cases are going to come through, aren't they? And the court of appeal, and then we'll have some more information and guidance around mixed injuries, and that again will settle down any bad you know any kind of ag uh, aggression between us in terms of not being able to settle cases that will kind of might smooth that out so that would be helpful so can i ask then donna i mean given what you've seen so far what advice would you give to those that run their oic portal to help achieve its aims god i feel like i'm repeating myself all the time <laughs> but um i want to see the any changes have got to be a bit more organized you know like uh, in the other portal, and I'm not saying the other portal was perfect by any means, but, you know, we had kind of organised changes and they were joined up, you know, like the data dictionary has to be the same. We have to all be working on the right one. We can't have changes that then undo previous changes. So kind of begging them to, you know, think forward. And I know they are. I know they are looking at this about, you know, really organised changes and, you know, and I want them to be quick as well so that we're not sitting around, you know, frustrated because we can't make it work or areas that are working very badly because it will impact the, the, the customer. So that's one of my big hopes for 2022 is that, you know, we see it done a little bit more organized and a bit more joined up. Um, and I think, yeah, it's just about, uh, I think we all just need to work together. I want to see this. It's not called a behavior committee, Martin, is it? It's this committee that is, has been formed, I believe, and the names are the names and it's going to meet. And I don't know whether it's met yet. Um, and if it hasn't met, it needs to meet. And we need to have some sort of uh, policing of bad behaviour on both sides. I think we need to police, you know, what's working, what's not working. And we need to learn from it. So, you know, there's no point putting together all this work, spending all this money and we're not going to analyse it. And we're not going to work together as an industry, because I think that group is a, is a, a cross section of the industry together. So, you know, can we get that meeting hurried up, please? I know we're all busy. You can do it virtually. It doesn't even have to be in person. So I'd like to see that happen. Martin. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, data is really at the heart of everything with you these days. So how we use the data that is available for the common good, I think, is is really important. But at the heart of it is is you know, is protecting consumers, making certain the right behaviours and the right standards are followed. Um, so how we share data across to Medco, for example, so that they can police actively um, rogue medical experts or uh, how we can address some of the poor behaviours by certain law firms um, that perhaps are playing on the extremes. Um, all of that data is there, but it's, it's 
it's the use of that data that I think that needs to be decided uh, and how we can actually sort of use that in a way that 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 in, in a sense self polices because if if you're aware you that data is there and you know you're going to be um, under the cost from the SRA or the FCA or whoever your regulator is then uh, you know that should be that should be enough really to drive the right behaviors the measures are in place the transparency is there and hopefully therefore the, the behavior should follow uh, with uh, more, more naturally um, I think also when you look at the um, aims of uh, the, the Ministry of Justice is also around making certain that you know the consumers got uh, at the end of the day lower insurance premiums and uh, you know we're being tracked obviously to show that we are going to pass on the benefits to our, our customers which I think we we will most certainly do given the significantly competitive market that we we operate in um, but also I think it's just making certain that anything that is created within the portal is as frictionless as possible um, because we do want at the end of the day responsible representation to be available access to justice to be available for for injured uh, consumers and at the end of the day if we if we make it too friction frictional uh, it, it makes it difficult for the right sort of players to operate um, and also it makes it more difficult for for consumers to act in an unrepresentative way if they wish to so yeah creating something that works really for uh, for the good of the whole industry takes out the frictional costs is co-developed collaborated on uh, to, to make certain that, that happens uh, really is the way forward I, I see this as a bit more than a minimal viable product there's a lot more that can be done to automate um, the process uh, make it more efficient make it more effective you know, can you get to a place where there's automated settlements that may be a question for uh, a consultation in the future um, but um, certainly that you know, the, the tariff process is a good start in that direction um, and how we evolve what has been built already I think you know, it, it, there's a lot more that can be done. So Martin taking everything that we've said over the, the, these two podcasts it is early days but how optimistic are you that the uh, OIC will ultimately be a success? I think it already has proven itself in this very short space of time to be so because the mere fact that we've managed to process 50,000 claims through it in a very short space of time since it launched. Uh, yes, it hasn't been uh, without its problems, but all of those problems are being slowly addressed uh, in a post live environment and certainly through the um, the last three months, although data is not out yet, we have definitely seen an improvement in the, um, the the speed and agility of law firms to lodge those claims and to, to represent those 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 claimants in the the way that they wished. So um, that, together with uh, a dial down of claims management companies, um, I think you know is is essentially getting the outcome that we wanted. We wanted professional. Um, good law firms representing honest claimants um, uh, in a way that is um, friction, frictionless and sustainable and yeah, I think we're, we're pretty much there already so uh, for me yeah um, it is a success. Donna. I'm going to disagree with Martin there surprisingly <laughs> because I don't see success as being able to load claims because we had a very good portal that was working perfectly well for loading claims before so it has to go beyond that for me 
If I go back to the consultation and the aim of the reforms, it said it was to disenfranchise fraudulent, exaggerated and minor claims, and it was to reduce the number and cost of claims. Reducing the number of claims, the jury's out because we haven't got enough data. I think they're not going to be reduced um, because they haven't reduced for us as, as a company. But the cost of claims, yes, that's a success because there are no costs up to £5,000 and tariff whiplash damages at the lower end are reduced by 80%. So that's definitely a success in terms of the cost being taken out and the reduction. Um, in terms of it, it was set out as a lift, wasn't it? It was supposed to be people doing it themselves. That was the aim. Well, that that's not going to be achieved. So it, that's not a success, is it? But then is that a bad thing? You know, I think the idea there is that it's going to work out that if you want to do it yourself, you can. But you'd have to be a genius. And if you don't, you have to be represented. And if you have LEI, then you're home and dry. So I suppose success is not lip because it's not going to be a lip port, really, is it? Um, but, 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 you know, it, the, off, the offers there. I think in terms of fraud, the jury's out. I mean, it did originally talk about reducing fraud. I don't really see that at the moment. Um, it is there is improved behaviour, so that might you might say that helps fraud. So it, it has got that effect. Um, ultimately, lower premiums was one of the aims. So if we have taken cost out and we've reduced damages on whiplash, then it will reduce premiums. So you, that's a success. Um, so it really depends, doesn't it, what you're looking for a success. Definitely loading claims was not the success I was looking for, I have to say, because I think I think we've been very dirty and successful in being able to do it and to manage it at the level we have. But but really, the, the system was already there for loading claims. So that that wouldn't be, to me, a success. But um, but overall, you know, listen, the jury's out. As I think, as Martin and I said, come back in another, you know, uh, at least come back at 12 months. I'd love to do one of these at 12 months time or just after 12 months where the date is released and say, you know, I'd be like funny, Martin, because we might have got everything wrong and it's got it's all turned on its head. But but, you know, there are some good signs and there are I think I think as an industry, we're getting on better. I think that's down to a lot of years of, of working on that and, and genuinely wanting to do it. And secondly, COVID has really pulled us together as a as a as a as a country I hope and as as a as an industry so yeah I think you know we, there is a real will to make it work it's not going anywhere it's cost a lot of money and it has to work and I think we're all grown up so let's just get on with it and make it work and do 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 the best we can for customers and, and if that means less LIPs and more representation make sure it's good representation you know legal expense is a good thing it used to be you know under the microscope FCA didn't like it I think it's one of the best things around at the moment. So, but yeah, I, I'd love to do this again. And um, it's been quite enjoyable, even now. And it is, it, it, we are in the dark to a great extent, aren't we, Martin? We haven't got enough information. Well, yeah, I mean, I think obviously we, we've been tracking our data now for yeah. uh, over six months. So I think what my conclusion would be is that the success is probably spawned by the fact that the amount of money sloshing around in in the system is no longer there um so the ability for the middleman to operate in the way that you know claims farming essentially has evolved since uh, 2013 is no longer possible so it that, that has squeezed that middleman out of the picture so what we're seeing is what we would see is professional uh, firms with high integrity representing claimants in the system to the expense of firms that perhaps were previously relying upon those sources of business no longer representing 
claimants through the process. So um, we, we're seeing you know reductions in volume in a real sense, but it's is it the right volume that's no longer being put through the process. So um, and I think that that's you know whether that's being seen as cleaning up Dodge City uh, and dampening down <laughs> the compensation culture. If that is a success criteria, I'm sure that uh, it wouldn't have been written locally as that in uh, the MHP's uh, notes, but uh, that, that's, that's how I'd see it anyway. We, we, we've got, you know, more true, honest claimants being represented by um, proper law firms with the right integrity and behaviours. So not saying it's all, all gone away because it hasn't, but um, yeah. the the vast majority, I think, is certainly recentered in the right space. Yeah. Okay. Well, Martin and Donna, we've already said we're reconvening around July next year. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> until then, well, to say a big thank you both for you for sharing your views during of the early days of the OIC. Thank you very much. Thank Brilliant. you, thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Martin. I'd also like to thank our sponsors, Carpenters Group. Just remind you that if you did miss the first episode that we referred to in this one, don't forget to catch up on episode one where we discussed and reflected on the first published portal data. Until the next podcast, goodbye from me, cheerio.